Well, inside Michigan State University's renowned College of Education is the equally renowned Department of Kinesiology, and within the department is the acclaimed Institute for the Study of Youth Sports. And we have the retired director joining us today. Dan Gould is the director of the Institute and a professor of kinesiology. He's also the Gwendolyn Norrell Professor of Youth Sport and Student Athlete Wellbeing, and he will retain that title and an emeritus status. And Dan, it's great to welcome you back to MSU today. Thanks. Great to be here. And Karen Pfeiffer is assuming the role of director from Dan, and it's great to welcome Karen to MSU today for the first time. Thanks very much. Uh, Dan, why don't we start with you? Just reflect a little bit as you leave the role and sort of talk about the mission and the evolution of the Institute. Yeah, the Institute for the Study of Youth Sports was started actually by the state legislature. Um, uh, Senator Carl Purcell, uh, many years ago, was a social studies teacher and former coach, then in the state legislature and then the uh, the federal legislature. But he, when he was in the state, he became concerned about some things going on with kids in sports. So he talked to Jack Breslin, and they started a joint legislative study committee on youth sports. And that went for a couple of years. They did uh, statewide surveys of kids in sports, parents, coaches, had a report. And then they, the legislature decided that they needed an institute to study scientifically study sport for children and youth, and then do things to help educate coaches, parents, make sport better for young athletes. So that's our start. Um, And I I think the mission is to scientifically study sport for children and youth, and then to disseminate that information to uh, the larger sporting public to make sports better for kids. In the typical land-grant fashion, share our expertise. And and Karen, give us a little bit of your background and what attracted you to want to succeed, Dan, in this role. Well, I was fortunate enough to actually be a graduate student here in the Department of Kinesiology at Michigan State. And while I was in graduate school, I did help conduct a few of the coaching clinics. And at that time, we had a program called PACE, and we would travel around the state and deliver coaching education in various venues um, to various sports. So I participated in some basketball coaching clinics. And the Institute had always been a a big part of our department. I left the university for five years and uh, was lucky enough to come back and, you know, have always been interested in what the Institute does and what it stands for. Um, you know, lifelong sports player myself and uh, my husband and my son <laughs> also. So um, it's kind of near and dear to my heart for a long time. And you're an exercise physiologist, correct? That's Talk correct. a little bit about your research interests. Yeah, so up to this point, my research has focused on two major lines. One is how we assess how physically active people are, and the other is interventions to increase physical activity. And most of my work has been done with children and adolescents. And Dan, what have your research interests been over your career? Yeah, a lot of my research is in the area of sports psychology, but the psychology of coaching. Uh, have done a lot of programmatic work there and, and a lot of research like what makes an effective coach. Since coming to MSU the last 20 years or so, we've really focused on life skills. And those are things like uh, 
psychosocial skills and characteristics, teamwork, goal setting, uh, work ethic, that kids can learn through sport. And then hopefully they're called life skills transfer to other aspects of their life. So I was a, a wrestler through high school and college and I learned to work hard. So did that transfer to other avenues like being a professor? Uh, so we've done a lot of research in that area we're proud of. And uh, probably one of the biggest things I, I, I've been blessed with, Michigan State, we get great doctoral students. And we've had a number of our doctoral students work in the institute and then go on to other universities and do research in this area. Uh, and I think that is what we really need if we're going to make a change in the youth sport culture is to get a lot of people looking at it, not just us here at Michigan State. Obviously, we're always going to look at it, but to try to get other, some of the students actually joke on the ISYS South or ISYS West because they're trying to do the same kind of thing, uh, even though they don't have an institute. And ISYS, of course, being the Institute oh. for the Study of Youth Sports. Let me ask you both, because when I think of youth sports, sometimes I think of, let's say, overzealous parents or kids specializing too early. But what are some of the key and current topics that the Institute grapples with? There's a host of topics. I mean, some of the issues you mentioned, I think one that Karen was really going to, I'm excited about her coming, uh, is the whole equity issue. There's really two youth sports in America. There's like the middle class youth sport where the kids go to sport camps or they're on travel teams and pay for play. And then there's either rural kids or urban kids that have very little opportunities and don't have that. How do we sort of bridge that divide? Uh, that's one. How do we further increase quality coaching? Uh, I think that's a, a, re a really big one that we want to do going forward. Um, Youth sports has become very professionalized. So I, I just walking down here today, I saw the Michigan State football program. Well, that, that same kind of attitude of big money and big interest has shifted the high schools and shifted the youth sports. And yet we know to develop players that could play at MSU, whether it's field hockey or football or any sport, they go through phases. They first have to fall in love with sport, play multiple sports, then sort of learn how to train and compete, and then get to the high levels and compete like they would here. But you can't start them off at the high level, and we see that happening. And a lot of the coaches we've talked to on campus will say they get the scholarship and they're burned out. You know, everything was you know as a freshman versus having the tank full. So how do we get? It's funny because that's the talent development side. How do we develop talent so kids have gas left in the tank and excited? And, you know, scholarship's a nice thing, but it's not the end all. And the flip side, 90% of the kids are never going to play in college. And how do we have them fall in love with physical activity? And I think this is where some of Karen's expertise comes in. And they, you know, I just got out of the pool before I came here. Okay, I'm 70 years old and I'm still swimming every day. Why am I doing that? And a lot of my classmates from back in the day don't. So how does, so to me, that's a big issue. That's huge. And Karen, add your perspective on some of the issues you will be pursuing as leader of the Institute. Yeah, well, I certainly agree with Dan's words and um, kind of appreciate the, the nod there. He set me up really well because I think another issue that we're considering even though we could view sports as a means 
to achieve physical activity recommendations, for example, we don't always have the best case scenario in terms of what's happening at practice. And I think we have a couple of issues going on where parents are dropping children off at practice thinking, okay, they're going to get a lot of physical activity during this time. And, you know, most people would think, yep, that, that's what's going to happen. But in the end, if you examine what's actually occurring during some of these practices, there's a fair amount of standing around. Um, and then we've sort of lost a few things. One is that notion about free play, which is also a very important element of development. And um, I think the other is just what is happening in these practices, not just with are they getting enough physical activity while they're there, but then the skill development piece of that as well. And are they really getting the skills they need to, to develop fully as, as an athlete? And so those are, I think, some of the issues that we'll be looking into a little bit. Um, as Dan also kind of tipped off, um, the equity issue in sports and inclusion is a, a really big piece that um, I would like to pursue going forward. Uh, we've had some issues in the area lately with racial slurs being yelled at events and different um, happenings at various sporting events and, you know, getting information to athletic directors and coaches about what do we do to prevent and what do we do when it happens, I think is also very important and needs to be addressed. So those are a couple things um, that I'm thinking about, but also just that return to whatever happened to intramural sports? Why is it that we have to be the cream of the crop or you just drop out of sport? Why can't we have this whole piece of really sports for fun that maybe you're not the best one out there, but you just want to play? And so I'm planning to try and, and look a little bit at that too, because I, I feel um, people kind of fall out of love with sport then after they, they don't make this elite team. And, and that's not how it should be. Everybody should be playing for fun. That's, you know, fun is the reason why people do a lot of things. <laughs> um, all forms of physical activity, including sport. And so um, looking at some of those issues, I think, is probably where we will head. Both of you maybe offer some advice then for maybe coaches and parents to be a little bit more supportive and restore some of that fun. I, I think Karen really hit a couple key points of, that we could integrate. We want kids, we know people do things because it's fun. And there was one study and there's 81 specific sources of fun, anything from swag to being with your friends. But I think one that the literature has shown us over time, people do things when they feel competent. And if you don't feel competent, you're highly likely to drop out. Now, competent doesn't mean that I play on the MSU football team. Competence mean, you know, I gave that example today, I swam today for fitness. Well, I can swim. I, I can do the strokes, and if you couldn't do that, you're not gonna, it's not going to be very much fun. So I, th I think the whole idea of how do we create an enjoyable atmosphere, fun, but it's not just rolling the ball out and laughing and unorganized. It's like we're also teaching kids these basic fundamental skills. In fact, I was just talking to some people at a conference, the U.S. Marines. They have a lot of people who can't pass basic training now, and they're, they're trying to adapt. And how do we do a better job, you know, physical education is, is in trouble in our country. And how do we 
strengthen that, but also maybe use a sport system so every kid that plays sport develops a competence relative to their own abilities so they can go out and have fun doing it. And then you also, you know, it's not just physical side, it's a coach who's having fun, uses the kids' names, jokes a little, while being careful not to stereotype or not to, you know, do the other things. So it's a little tougher to coach today because of that. The Institute has a long-standing history of providing coaching education opportunities, and I think that it's great <laughs> for people to take opportunities and, and learn a bit more. I think sometimes what happens in, not necessarily in the older age groups, but in some of the younger age groups, you just have a parent who thank goodness, does volunteer, but doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of background. And that's okay, but it would be great if we can help that parent a little bit with teaching them some of these kinds of characteristics, reminding them they need to have fun, helping them if they don't know how to develop the skills very well, remind them, you know, they can bring someone in for some help, um, and maybe, you know, becoming more of a, a resource to create a network for things like that when when coaches realize that they, they might want some assistance. So, um, and, and that's not to say that's the case all the time either. Um, it, it just does happen sometimes that, that we know of. So, you know, it would be good for us to be able to address that for, for those who do need it. I think a really good example, it doesn't have to be really complicated if you're a parent or a youth coach. If I could get every coach in America to meet kids' basic needs, there's something called self-determination theory. All people, all kids have three basic needs. One for relatedness, you want to belong to something. One for competence, you want to feel like you're getting better. And one for autonomy or choice. If I could get every coach to go to a practice and say, what did I do today to make the kids have better relatedness, whether it's, you know, pizza after, whatever it might be. What can I do to increase competence by having each kid set a goal? What can I do for autonomy? I, you know, a six-year-old, I heard a great example one time. You don't ask an open-ended question to, but you're doing a warm-up and you say, what animal would you like to pick today? A flamingo, a monkey, and then they act it out and they work on their basic motor skills. So there's ways to coaches can do and parents can do simple things. And the other I'd say from a parent end, a lot of research, one of our colleagues, um, Jim Pavarnik, studied exercise in pregnancy. And I always remember some of the research of his students did that physically active pregnant women have more physically active kids later. So the whole idea of as a parent, you be physically active with your kids, have some balls in the backyard, a, a, a little swimming pool, do things with your kids outdoors, buy balls and bats and your kids will more likely develop these skills if they have an environment that breeds that. Let me ask you both as the youth sports world moves forward, what are some things, and we've touched on them, that you're kind of optimistic about? And is there something that maybe keeps you up at night? Oh, I think there's a lot of optimism just with the interest in sport and how many people are into it and want to participate. And I think that's good. And I think we can foster that even better than, than what we do now. I think it's certainly a potential means to get people closer to meeting physical activity guidelines and, and really not just youth. Uh, that goes for adults as well. Um, I think what 
kind of keeps me up is still some of the safety issues that that are out there and um both from a physical health and a mental health perspective we have a little bit of work to do in terms of protecting our athletes from injuries and it could be from a concussion standpoint it could be from musculoskeletal injury you know too many throws in pitching or or things like that I, i think we you know, are working through some of those issues right now, and and that's going to continue. We need to to keep our eye on that, but also mental health has really risen to the top as an important issue for us to address, as well as you know the whole notion about just safety and making sure we're doing appropriate background checks and those sorts of things, so that we're exposing our children to the to the correct people as well. So. I think, you know, safety always needs to be at the top of our our minds and um, creating those emergency action plans and and things like that. And when possible, having defibrillators around. There are all kinds of issues like that that just kind of are wheels on the spokes, spokes on the wheels, I should say, of safety. So I I think those are the kinds of things that that I, I worry about a little bit and also just how we're going to pull ourselves back from this almost professionalization of youth sport. Um, we, we need a little bit of a reset in, in terms of that. And so I don't, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we need to. Yeah. In terms of what I'm excited about, uh, maybe because I'm retiring and after 40 some years, how much more we know. I was going through some old materials when I cleaned my office and there were like hardly any books. Now it's there's so much information coming out. So we know a lot more about how to help people in these in, endeavors than we did when we started out. Um, so I think that's a real positive. Concerns, the US has fallen behind other countries in the world because we have no government agency that looks after sport. Canada, my colleagues up there all get major grants. The the social science group funds sport research, uh, a, a research dissemination system to get parents' information funded by the government. Here, we have to sort of backdoor it through other agencies. Now, that's my concern. The good thing is Health and Human Services, Karen's been involved in some of this, are trying to get more involved and, and do some things. Um, the safety, I agree with Karen, um, the Safe Sport Act is a good example. The government passed that but didn't fund it enough, so they can't keep up with all the cases. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of big government, you know, but at the same time, our government probably needs to get involved. We need a policy on youth in general and on youth sport. So to me, it's sort of this, there's opportunity there, but it's a, a concern And finally, the quality of coaching, to me, is something we've always looked at. A lot of coaches, we've studied a lot of life skills, what people get from sport. You don't catch it from just being in sport. You catch it from having a really, really good coach who is intentional about what she's teaching, you know, and and talks about teamwork and then talks about how that would transfer to the classroom or work environment. So those are some of the things from my end. Well, that's Dan Gould. He has recently retired as the director of another gem at Michigan State University, the Institute for Study of Youth Sports, which is inside the kinesiology department in Michigan State University's renowned College of Education. Dan is also the Gwendolyn Norrell Professor of Youth Sport and Student Athlete Wellbeing Emeritus 
and Karen is taking over as the new director of ISYS. And let me just ask you both as we close, some summarize some thoughts on those joining in on our conversation, what you'd like them to know about the Institute and some of the topics we've been discussing. I think I'd like people to know that uh, we intend to be a, a resource. Uh, we intend to grow. We want people to to participate and to to get any kind of, of information they need. And so we are a place for them to look. And if you can't find it on our website or around, then please contact us. Uh, we're happy if we don't know the answer to something to, to dive in and, and find it. We have a lot of different partners with whom we've worked over the years. We definitely intend to keep those partners, but we'd love to forge some new partnerships as well. An example of that is the we I'm a member of the National Youth Sports Health and Safety Institute, and we may be kind of formally arranging a, a partnership there. And we've had a longstanding, fantastic partnership with the Michigan High School Athletic Association. And so we definitely intend to maintain um, our excellent existing partnerships, but love to form more. So I just encourage people to, to contact us for any of those things and, and anything else you can think of. <laughs> you know, we're happy to help. That, that's why we're here. And we want to conduct the research, but we also want to translate that research and really take it into practice and, and make it available to people. So anyone should feel free to reach out. And that would be youthsports.msu.edu. And Dan, some final thoughts from you. Uh, probably my biggest final thought is how excited I'm to have Karen come into the role. Uh, you know, you work on something a number of years. I was actually here when the Institute started, had positions at other places, came back. I just love the Institute. I love the land-grant philosophy, and I think Karen exemplifies that. She's pretty modest, but she's a big rock star nationally in the youth fitness and physical activity. She's great at forming connections, uh, I think much better than I am, so I think we, she'll form a lot of good connections with agencies. Um, and I really love the fact that she's going to appreciate our past but take us in different directions. It sounds funny, but my days of the Institute Director, I'm proud of them. We've done it, but you, know, you need to reboot. You need 2.0, 3.0, and society changes and needs changes, and I think we have the right woman for the job. And she's going to do great things. So I'm just going to be on the sidelines supporting when I can and staying out of her way. Well said, Dan Gould and Karen Pfeiffer. Thank you both for joining me and for all the great work you do. Thank you. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today. Again, youthsports.msu.edu is the place.